Hello, and welcome back to Keep Rolling, the tabletop RPG podcast for the casual gamer. My name is Santi. I am a tabletop fan, podcast host, and all-around real human being. Thank you for tuning into the show. I hope everyone's doing all right out there. It was a big week here in America. We have a new president. Um, That's pretty cool. Seems like that inauguration went off without a hitch, which is good news for the country, for democracy. That's good stuff. I hope you all had some opportunities to play some tabletop games, uh, maybe a little Dungeons and Dragons, whatever it is that your table's currently running. Hope that went well for you. I once again had a week of not being able to play anything, which is disappointing. Um, Hopefully, hopefully this week. uh, Otherwise, I feel like another week goes by and I'm going to lose my my credibility to (laughs) host this podcast. Um, I did work all week, though. Started a new job working full time from home. So that's... uh, that's good. Had a good full week there, and I'm, I'm recording this on the weekend, and I'm ready to, I'm jazzed up and, and ready to talk about some some tabletop stuff. So, let's get into the show. And today I wanted to talk about villains, the the BBEG, the big bad evil guy of your campaign, and I wanted to talk specifically about writing better villains, right? Because I think. Even if you have a villain in your campaign who you think is like, ah, oh, this is the best, you know, this is some some uh, award-winning villain stuff, right? I think we could all, every once in a while, do with a little brush up on, you know, what makes a great villain and how can we write better villains for our campaigns? Because writing a villain, I think, for a tabletop game is is way different than writing a villain for literature right because in 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 literature or in you know even for a movie or maybe a video game or something like that the villain and their their path right the the actions they're going to take are pretty set in stone right they're not really going to change i mean they'll change over the course of writing whatever it is that you're writing but generally speaking you know your your villain is this way he's going to take this journey you know on your story in in um you know in combat with your with your hero in some form or another whether that's you know physical combat or uh you know mental physical spiritual whatever and they're going to take that journey and they're going to change you know side by side with your hero but that that journey that they're going to take is pretty set in stone where if you think about a tabletop game right the course of the story is always in motion because your your players are going to change things your players are going to take some of the stuff that you give to them and they're going to you know run away with it in directions that you never you never saw coming so you obviously your villain is going to change and what your villain does can and should change over the course of your campaign and now obviously this is a little bit different if you're running like a pre-written module like if you're you know running curse of strahd or never fade away in cyberpunk or something you know something along those lines where the the course of the journey is set in stone and you're not really going to deviate from that this is assuming you're writing your own campaign, you know, you, the, the, you are writing your villain, right? And you, and in, in essence, you are the villain of your story because you, you're the one in control of them. You're the one controlling their actions. So I think writing a good villain, um, in a tabletop game, especially one that you have complete control over, um, can really like take your game to the next level. I know that's kind of a, kind of a catch all kind of term, but really, I mean, I think your players are going to have a lot more fun if, you know, you're writing a good villain. And this could also go if you're writing a character, like if you're a player character who is a villain, 
right? You, everyone's a hero in their own mind, and that's a piece of advice that we're going to talk about. But you know, your player character may be the villain of the story, right? So you can take some of this advice um, and and give it to your villain um, character, and I think it'll it'll help enhance your game in that way too. So let's get in, and first let's talk about what 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 is a villain, right? And I think most of us know, like the the BBEG, the big bad evil guy. That's your main, that's your main bad guy, right? He's the one that you're 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 combating against, right? He's the in Curse of Strahd, that's Strahd, right? He's the the evil vampire that you know is looming over this this country, or you know he's the the evil corporate that is running your you know ruining your players' lives, or he's the you know the the Darth Vader of your your sci-fi campaign or whatever. The villain is the person who is in direct conflict with your hero. And in, in the case of a tabletop game, if you're the dungeon master, your heroes are your player characters, right? So, you know, a villain can be not just, you know, somebody who's bad and does evil things, but it can actually be a good person, right? Somebody who's good and trying to do what they can for their community, but they're doing that in conflict with the hero. That's what makes them the antagonist. So... But I think more traditionally, when we think of villains, we're we're obviously thinking of like the Strahd, the the Dracula, the Darth Vader, right? They're a person who does evil for a variety of reasons. And I think when we're talking about writing a good villain, the first piece of advice is the thing that I just said a few minutes ago, which is, you know, a, a villain is really just a hero in their own mind who is doing what they think is the right thing, but for the wrong reasons. Or they're doing the wrong thing for the right reasons, if that makes any sense. You know, we think of a character like, um, for those of you who have who are fans of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you think of somebody like Killmonger, right? In the uh, in the Black Panther film, he you know is a classic example of what people consider a good villain because he's doing villainous things, right? He's killing people, he's taking over, you know, a, a country that he's never been a part of. He's he's casting out the rightful ruler of that nation, but he's doing it because he sees a way forward for his what he thinks of as his people, what he thinks of as his birthright. He he's doing bad things, but he's doing them for the right reasons. So I think a good thing to keep in mind for, you know, when you're writing a villain for your campaign, what 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 is what is the heroic thing that your villain thinks that he's doing, he or she is doing, right? He, she, they. What, what, perp- what is the purpose behind their actions, right? What motivates them? Because I think the thing that separates like really good villains from really bad ones is a good villain has like a really good motivation that is beyond, you know, being evil for the sake of being evil. And now I don't want to say you shouldn't have a villain who is just evil because they love it, because I think that is a really interesting thing. And I think in another episode, we'll really dive into that stereotype. So for now, kind of put that aside. And, and you know, if that's the way you're writing your villain, then by all means, carry on. But if, if you're looking for something that's a bit more like, you know, the kind of villain that people really sink their teeth into, you really want to think about what does my villain want and for what purpose, you know, is is he, she, they pursuing that that thing, right? So, you know, I, I think you could have a villain that is for say, you know, for example, they're leading this army, right? And they're leading it into into a friendly kingdom and they're taking all their resources and stuff. And you know, to to, to the player characters that might seem like, oh, this guy's the worst, you know, he's a cat, you know, imperialist or whatever, he's trying to take over this this friendly nation, but 
maybe, you know, the motivation behind that villain's actions is, you know, he has a country full of hungry people and they need resources, right? And they got invaded and now they're becoming the invaders so that they never get invaded again. Or, you know, maybe you've got, you know, a, a Curse of Strahd-like character. You know, he's sort of this this evil, overbearing villain who, you know, lives in this in this country and, and everyone sees him as sort of this villainous character. But maybe the player characters, when they interact with, you know, the people underneath him, they find, oh, wait, he just, he's done a lot for this nation. You know, even though he's a he's a, a, a vampire, or, you know, whatever, the people in his nation are well fed, they're well protected, they're well taken care of. But behind the scenes, you know, he's murdering people. So <laughs> I think that's something to keep in mind, right? Like, what is what does your villain want? What are the reasons for what he's doing? And and how is he, he going about them? And I think in terms of, like, you know, writing a, what we think of as a good villain, that's all stuff to keep in mind. And I think that should be sort of the foundation. And then when you think about, like, the player experience, like, you want your players to feel not just that they're going up against somebody who is, you know, a more fleshed out human being, but they want to go up against a villain for the most part that is a challenge, right? I, I, I feel like the majority of players don't want to go up against just, oh, we just go one shot the villain and then we go do whatever for the rest of the campaign, right? They want somebody who they feel like at every turn, you know, this villain, this big bad evil guy is, uh, is thwarting their plans, right? They're they're doing stuff to make the player characters have to keep working, keep working, keep leveling up, keep getting better so that they can eventually, you know, kill the the villain and capture them, you know, imprison them, whatever. And so I think one, one thing to keep in mind with, you know, running your game and being the villain, being the big bad, is trying to stay one step ahead of the players, right? Writing in little things that make it seem as if your villain is anticipating the player's moves and also has backup plans for if the players thwart their plans, right? So if we return to this example of, of you know, this invading army of, of evil people, right? Maybe you think, oh, well, we'll take out their supplies, right? You know, your players are like, we'll take out their, their water supply or we'll, you know, uh, destroy the, this bridge so that they can't get over, get over the, the river and, and invade this nation. Well, then, Maybe as your players are doing that, think to yourself, well, what, what would this general do as a backup plan? Well, maybe, you know, as the player characters are destroying the bridge, he's a mile down the road and he's dammed up that part of the river. And now his, he, his invading army can get across the river anyway, or he can get a smaller, you know, you still want the player's actions to have some impact, but maybe they still get a small number of forces across the river. They're delayed. The players have done something, you know, to delay the villain, but the villain still has this, this backup plan, you know, this, this other thing that they can do to kind of get at the player. So you want a villain who, especially if you're playing a villain who isn't just this intangible, you know, evil being, there's someone who is, you know, got motivation, they've got a reason for what they're doing, and they're more personable as a, as a character, you want them to feel a little bit like a formidable foe for the thinking, breathing entities that are your character, your player characters, right? You want a villain that is equally matched to them in cunning. It's equally matched to them in uh, in calculation. So you you don't want you know t your players to ever feel like 
oh, we're just beating this guy left and right. There's no challenge, right? You want your players to at least feel a little bit like, yo, this guy is like on our heels at all points in time, right? In addition to, you know, having this villain who is one step ahead of of your player characters. Another thing that I think helps really elevate, you know, a good villain, especially in a tabletop game, and I think this is really relevant if you're playing, you know, if you have your players going up against a character who is like, you know, somebody like Estrad, right? Somebody who is sort of this one above all, they're like this bigger, you know, force than just like a, a, a beggar in the street or something like that. Something that helps to to really give the players a sense that they're going up against something bigger than themselves is giving your villain followers who genuinely sort of believe in whatever it is that this villain is about, right? So you think about, again, if we return to this idea of, of Killmonger and Black Panther, right? One of the things that made Killmonger a really interesting villain was this idea that his his beliefs, his motivations, the reason he was doing things was relevant enough to the people he was telling them to that he inspired people to follow him, right? He had a lot of this, the other parts of Wakanda under his under his 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 arm as he was, you know, taking it over and, and, and you know, helping him out. So, right, so we think about this idea of, like, you know, your villain has motivations, right? He's He's, he's doing it for specific reasons. And the people who follow him should be should be following along for equally specific reasons, but should be inspired enough that they're willing to give their lives, they're willing to go to prison, they're willing to whatever for that villain, right? And we see that all the time in real life. You know, cult leaders inspire people to follow them, politicians, celebrities, whatever. And I think it's really interesting for your player characters to think, you know, oh, surely like no one's following this guy. They're, you know, a, a crazy person. And then for them to interact with, you know, a follower of your villain who is like, I'm all about this shit, right? Like, I am all about, you know, killing in the name of this villain. I'm all about, you know, robbing people in the name of this villain, whatever. Because I think it, get, again, it, it, it contributes to your player's sense of, oh my god, like, this thing is bigger than us, right? This thing is bigger than, you know, we don't have the tools right now to overcome this. We have to inspire people that this person's a bad guy. And it it adds layers to what your players are going up against, in a way that is is more than just like, you know, throwing things at them all the time. You know, like if your villain is just constantly throwing hordes and hordes of mindless, faceless enemies, like, yeah, your players are going to feel challenged, but I feel like they'll get a greater sense of challenge if they're going up against people who like, you know, feel inspired by your villains. So I think that that's something to keep in mind. And I think another thing that kind of helps to elevate that sense of like, your villain being sort of this, you know, more than just like a faceless evil, more than being just this intangible thing is give your give your villain a very unique look and give them sort of a unique way of talking of, of you know, moving about the world that makes them stand out from just an average villain, right? Because if, I think a lot of the time that the inclination is, you know, especially if you're playing like a fantasy game, right? You go, you're going up against the evil king and, and sort of traditional, always wearing black and he's, you know, he's dressed like Darth Vader essentially, but medieval or, you know, the sci-fi villain you're, you're going up against, you know, uh, uh, soldiers all dressed in shiny black armor and they've got whatever. That's all good. And again, it, it contributes to this idea of, you know, oh, you know, we're going up against this particular kind of villain in this particular kind of world and allows your players to kind of more seamlessly interact with it. But I think... That if you're running a game 
And, you know, as a player, if I interacted with a villain who, you know, he waltzed around in a big, you know, red ball gown and, you know, spoke in a southern accent and wore, you know, funny hats or whatever, like, that all to me is going to stand out more than just a typical, like, you know, black clad villain who, you know, says evil things and speaks in a British accent, right? I think, I think if you give your villain a unique aesthetic, a unique sound, um, a sort of, you know, interesting and unique way of moving about the world, that's going to stick in your players' minds better than just, you know, a sort of generic, you know, big bad evil guy, right? That name kind of comes from that idea, right? That there's sort of this generic big bad, he's the evil guy, he's, you know, you say that, everyone kind of comes to mind immediately what that means, but you can do more than that, right? We can all make our games a little bit better by having villains who are, you know, they've got this sense of purpose, they've got this sense of motivation, they've got these people who follow them, they've got this unique way of talking, of moving, and I think all of that, if you do that for your players, they're going to really, you know, respond to that, right? Like, I think about the best games that I've played, and the DMs who ran those games, they had villains who, you know, they had, you know, a great name, you know, they had a great, a great look about them, they had this, I knew what it was that they wanted, you know, um, and you could do that for your campaign, and I think your players will respond really well, so thank you so much for listening to the show, if you liked what you heard here today, feel free to leave a nice review of the show, five stars really helps out the show, feel free to subscribe so you get notified when I post new episodes. If you would like to message the show, you can do so at keeprollinpodcast at gmail.com. Again, that is keeprollin, R-O-L-L-I-N, podcast at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at podcastrollin, or you can just hang out here next Monday and listen to a brand new episode of the show. Thank you, guys, and I'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.